Hey, welcome to a new episode of Last Call Baseball, number 144. I'm Dorian. Wow, so much going on. The Houston Astros re-signed their second baseman, Jose Altuve, to a five-year, $125 million contract. Altuve is basically going to end his career as an Astro. Then you have a bunch of nonsense going on, like the former New York Mets general manager, Billy Epler, he was given a year suspension. Why? Because apparently he was, when he was general manager before Uncle Steve took over the Mets, Billy Epler was directing the medical staff and other people to fake injuries for the players to then open up roster spots so they can bring other people on. There's a, and there's, a, there's so much more going on. The Tampa Bay Rays, they gave a contract extension to, Kevin, to their manager, Kevin Cash, who I think is arguably the best manager in baseball. He's going to be with the Rays until 2028. And there's also the Super Bowl going on. I am so excited. And and we're going to dissect all of that right after the break. Hell no, we aren't. People, this is called Last Call Baseball. This isn't called MLB Hot Stove. This isn't called who gives a crap what Billy Epler, who's not, not in baseball right now, what's going on with him. There's been real baseball over the past week and a half. The Serie del Caribe, the Caribbean series, was played from February 1st to February 9th. It just wrapped up. To remind you, the Caribbean series, Serie del Caribe, are the champions from seven countries, from the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Nicaragua, Panama, Venezuela, and Curaçao. The champion from each of those countries' domestic teams represented their country in the Serie del Caribe. And what a series, what a tournament. It was as fun. It met my expectations. Let me tell you right now. Venezuela won the 2024 Serie del Caribe. They beat the Dominican Republic in the final. It was a one-game championship. One-game championship. Venezuela beat them 3-0. And the turnout was tremendous for the championship game. There was 36,677 fans at Lone Depot Park. And I was fortunate enough to attend some games. I mean, it was the ambiance, the music. It was hilarious because everything was in Spanish. This is obviously a, a, a for lack of a better word, a Latin baseball tournament championship. The emails were in Spanish. The announcements in the, in the stands, Spanish. All the music, which I really enjoyed this part, is whatever team was playing, the music over the loudspeakers was specifically from that country. So, for example, when Panama played Venezuela, during the game, they only played music from artists who were Panamanian or artists who were Venezuelan. And then the same thing, if they play, if it was like Nicaragua, Puerto Rico, they would only play Nicaraguan artists and Puerto Rican artists. It was, it was brilliant. So it wasn't like your usual nonsense music that you hear at a normal regular season baseball game in, in MLB. Overall, Panama impressed me the most I was like outside of like Johan Camargo I really didn't know any of their players and they made it all the way to the semifinals again it was just a one game semifinal so it was seven teams every team played six games so everyone played each other once and the top four teams of those seven went to the semifinals a one game playoff and the top four were what Dominican Republic Panama Venezuela and Curaçao and then obviously Venezuela and Dominican Republic met in the, the championship game. And what impressed me even most was a lot of these teams had really good turnout, but Panama had 
Very few. I mean, I really mean this. Very few fans. One of the games that I saw Panama is there was a 10.30 in the morning game on Sunday. And the announced attendance was like 12,100 something. I'm telling you. This, that was, that's a phenomenal turnout to, for a professional baseball game at 10.30 in the morning. I'm not joking. 12,000 of those fans were rooting for Nicaragua. Whenever Panama did something well, they got a hit, they got a run. You could hear the players in the Panamanian dugout clapping for each other. That's how few Panamanian fans were there. I guess there's just not a lot of them around. But they still played very well in that specific game. Panama won 6-3. to three. Like I said, I saw Johan Camargo. I was like, oh my God, last time I saw you, you were on the Phillies like, what, a year ago? Before that, I remember you with the Atlanta Braves when you had that one really good year. And the tournament's great. Like I said, it, they played for a week and a half. It was March madness for baseball. For six straight days, you could watch a baseball game at 10.30 in the morning, another one at 3.30 in the afternoon, and then the nightcap, 8.30 at night. Oh, my God. It was heaven. Sure, some of the games, who most of the games at 8.30 were, had big crowds, but some of the 10.30 games, you know, like on a Monday or Tuesday, didn't have that big of a turnout, but you know, people have jobs. You could have watched it on, what is it? What did I joke last week? Like ESPN Deportes or ESPN Ocho, the, the, the Ocho. In this city of the Caribe, this Caribbean series, they've been playing this since, I think, like 1947. And it's held every year. In It's hosted by a Caribbean country every year in February. And this is the first time that it's been held in the U.S. since, since 1991. And you know you're a big-time tournament when one thing happens. Not when the president throws out the first pitch. Not when some random streaker is on the field. Not when... Bob Costas does his ridiculous historical nonsense. You know a tournament is a big deal when the Marlins man shows up. You know Marlins man. That lawyer with his obnoxiously, which I think is hilarious, orange uh, jacket. And he always sits where the TVs are. This guy goes to the Kentucky Derby, the NBA Finals. And he was at the... Serie del Caribe, the Caribbean series. When I saw him on TV, because I wasn't there when he was there. I forget what game this was. No, actually, he he went to the Puerto Rico versus Dominican Republic game, not the championship game, but the 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 quote unquote the the tournament game, which was on uh, Saturday, February third. I was sitting on the couch and I was like, that orange jacket. There's only one man that wears that orange jacket. Marlins man. I was like, this is it. Serie del Caribe has arrived in the U.S. when Marlin Man, Marlin's Man shows up. <laughs> so this, this is a big-time tournament. And the Lone Depot Twitter account tweeted out on February 10th, quote, Last night was magical. Thank you, fans. Let's keep the party going on March 28th during Marlin's opening day, end quote. <laughs> what? What? Last night was magical, referencing the championship game when Venezuela beat the, the, the Dominican Republic 3-0. Let's keep the party going on March 28th. Are you kidding me? Listen, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Puerto Rico versus Venezuela game that I attended. It was supposed to start at 3.30 in the afternoon, and the Marlins put this tournament 
on a very cheap budget. They didn't have enough staffers to the, the security lines and, and, the, and the ticket scanners. The line to get in, you had to go in first through the security where, you know, it was like, it's like going through like TSA in the airport. Then you had to get into another line to get your ticket scanned off of the app from that they were using, which is the uh, MLB Ballpark app. So it's the same app that you use when you go to a regular MLB game. That was the same app where your tickets were stored for any of the games from the Serie del Caribe. It was a horrific line to get through security. It was There was zero movement to try to get your ticket scanned. I mean, it, it was just like a, an ocean of people trying to get in. And of course, it kept getting bigger and bigger because more people were passing through security and waiting to get their ticket scanned to then just go into the, the, the stadium. I, I'm not a big fan of this Barlow's organization because they're a bunch of jokesters, but I'm going to say after about 15 minutes of just everyone just like looking around and saying, what is going on? There was a huge rush. And then, all, and then all of a sudden, everyone started moving very, very quickly. I'm like, oh my God, wow, this is amazing. The staff were not scanning tickets. There was no staff. There was not a staff member to be seen. They were letting in people into the stadium without scanning their tickets. Theoretically, you could have shown up gotten through the security because you don't need to show your tickets at security going through security and you just walk in and you can just like you, you you're not going to have a seat because the Puerto Rico Venezuela game I think they they it was like over 32,000 people at that game but you could have watched it from the concourse the Marlins and Lone Depot Park never addressed this air quote security issue should I be saying this I don't know maybe the FBI is going to get mad at them maybe Customs and Border Protection is going to get mad at them maybe Maybe the police department is going to get mad at them. I don't know. But it was, I'm telling you, it was not a good look. And more importantly, it was not a good experience. The, the, the baseball, the tournament, fantastic. The Marlins suck. They made TSA look good. And everyone always gets mad at TSA. When I got there, no one was sitting in my seat. But, I mean, how are you able to put on a tournament when it looks like you don't know what you're doing? You, you're understaffed. Just a joke a joke of an organization. They expect fans to go see them because they might have some like post-game concerts when the Marlins don't spend money. Specifically, Bruce Sherman, who that's one of the reasons Derek Jeter left because he realized Bruce Sherman wasn't going to spend any money than he, than he should have. Why not bring stars? Every city loves winners. If you don't do it, people, people aren't dumb, especially now when all this corporate greed Bruce Sherman and his, and his posse of greediness is a perfect example. Let's overcharge. Let's keep charging and keep charging a little bit more, a little bit more for a little bit less quality. I don't think the Marlins opening day is going to be sold out like a lot of the games for uh, the Serie del Caribe. But this is not a Marlins podcast. May they go in peace because I can't stand them. And I told you that Johan Camargo was playing for the, for, for Panama and then it, Someone else. I was like, who the heck is that? Why is this guy licking his bat? Yasiel Puig. He's still playing, and he was playing for Venezuela. And he got some good hits. And obviously now he won uh, the championship with Venezuela. I was fortunate enough to go to some games. And, man, I wish I had been able to go a lot more games. But like I said, it's eight, what is it, six, seven days of three games every day. It was fantastic. The best game that I went to was the Nicaragua versus Dominican Republic game. Nicaragua was up four to nothing 
and the Dominican Republic came back and won five to four. And the 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 highlight or the low light, depending on how you see it, but just I love watching good smart baseball. There was a terrible blunder by the Nicaraguan catcher Melvin Novoa. He caught the ball. At, I re, I don't remember who the D- Dominican Republic batter was, but basically he had already had a triple. He went first base, second base. There was like an error out somewhere in in, in the outfield, rounding third base. I mean, Nicaragua had this Dominican Republic guy out by, no joke, five feet. So Navoa just casually goes up to him. He doesn't need, no, Navoa doesn't even go up to him. Navoa just expects a Dominican Republic guy to just give himself up. The Dominican Republic runner literally falls back. It was crazy. You have to see it like on YouTube or something. He immediately falls back, kicks his legs under, under Navoa, safe. Inside the park, Grand Slam. How many times do you see that in life? Inside the park, Grand Slam by the Dominican Republic, and that was that was it. I mean, you just you just felt like the the energy that's come out of Nicaragua because that was such a silly silly blunder by uh, Melvin Novoa. And here's a Marlins connection: Melvin Novoa's younger brother Kevin is a catcher in the Marlins minor league system. So I hope Kevin learns from his older brother's mistake. And never just expect some guy to give himself up. And you know what? Hats off to the Dominican guy for just running his booty off and like, no, I'm not going to just, oh, okay, yeah, you got throw his hands up like you see a lot of players and just say, yeah. But he's like, nope, I'm gonna, I'm literally gonna fall back and kick my legs under your spread legs, safe. <laughs> and that was, oh man, yeah. But that that was a good back and forth game because you saw the Dominicans were they were gonna come back. I'm already excited for next year. The 2025 Serie del Caribe is going to be held in a place I had never actually heard of. It's actually called Mexicali, Mexico. It's right on the, I had to Google, I had to go on the internet maps for this. It's Mexicali is right on the U.S.-Mexico border southeast of San Diego. So I'm like, baby, get your passports ready. It's going to be so good. You know who else needs to be ready? The Baltimore Orioles fans. The Orioles, congratulations, they have a new owner. They will be having a new owner. I mean, David Rubenstein. The I enjoy watching the David Rubenstein show, peer-to-peer conversations, Saturday mornings on Bloomberg TV. I mean, come on, who else doesn't? <laughs> and when I read that, I'm like, finally, the Orioles are going to spend money that the Angelo family, who have owned the Orioles for, what, 30-plus years, didn't want to spend, or maybe they couldn't spend and that nasty family feud that the Angelos had of John Angelo, the managing, what is managing partner? I forget what's it called. He can spend more time and more money suing his own mom because that's what it is it, awful. This is true. Last year, one of the Angelo sons and his mom were sued by John, and I think they got countersued. I mean, it's, this is ridiculous. I mean, these are the people that you. You know, we're together on Super Bowl Sundays full with and uh, having your pizza parties on Friday when you invite friends over and like you're going to sue your mom. Like, what the heck is wrong with you? Jonathan, whatever his middle name is, Angelo. Ugh. Anyways, thank God we're going to see them. We don't have to. Thank God as baseball fans and that great as a great of a franchise as the Baltimore Orioles and all their history. But John Angelo was like, nah, not not only am I going to be suing and fighting with the woman who gave birth to me, I'm also going to do some shady business stuff because you 
may have heard that he was going to sell the naming rights of Camden Yards to T. Rowe Price. And then like two, and they were going, I believe they had an agreement to call it whatever the hell, I don't know, T. Rowe Price Park, who the heck knows. Apparently they had everything signed. Two days later, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm selling the team to, to David Rubenstein and his, and his peers. Because Rubenstein, a very wealthy man, is heading up a group of other very rich men to buy the team, which includes Cal Ripken Jr., which includes Michael Bloomberg, uh, probably the most famous alum from Johns Hopkins University located in Baltimore. So I'm sure David Rubenstein is going to be a much better owner than uh, John Angelo, and I can't wait to see what they do with their new team. Actually, this reminds me, it's tax season. Remember to fund your 401k retirement plan. You know what works? Especially if you haven't max if you don't max out your total yearly contribution to 401k, increasing your contribution 1% every year. You don't feel it. If you if you increase your 401 contribute if you increase your 401k contribution by 1% every year, you don't feel it. Are you trying to be a financial influencer? Look, I'm just trying to look out for people, all right? Put money away and retire early, my friend. That's all I'm going to say because we don't want to be doing this forever and ever. That way you can do all the things that you want to do and uh, having new beginnings, much like college baseball. You know I love baseball. I could not care less about stupid off-season MLB, watching Air Bud 7, waggle your tail to wins, or what player the Atlanta Braves DFA'd in the middle of December. I love baseball, whether it's the Latin Winter Leagues, MLB, Minor League, College Baseball. College Baseball starts now, Friday, February 16th. I've been fortunate enough to have some College Baseball guests from LSU, University of Miami, Wake Forest, Florida International University, FIU. I plan on seeing some College Baseball games in person myself this year especially that amazing suite behind home plate at the FIU Stadium. It sounds amazing. So I've had a good week watching some good Latin baseball tournament, ignoring Jose Altuve, ignoring Billy Epler and his issues, ignoring the contract extension for the Tampa Bay Rays and Kevin Gash. But what's even, you know what's almost as good as uh, all this baseball that I've been in, in ingesting? This drink that I have in my hand. It's called Tropocalypse. It's a sour ale with mango, passion fruit, banana, and coconut from a good American local brewery called Lincoln's Brewing Company in Miami, Florida. This tastes very mango-y. It's a dangerous drink because you don't take you don't there's like no sour. I don't know why they call this a sour ale. You could drink this super cold, and you would think this is some kind of like smoothie that has spirulina, mango, banana, etc. And you would get drunk like at 7.30 in the morning. So don't drink this in the morning and don't just grab something in the fridge. It tastes healthy. It's delicious. It's amazing. So cheers to the tropocalypse from the good people at Lincoln's Brewing Company. And college baseball starts. By the way, spring training is happening... This this week, people the the pitchers and catchers report, and so there's gonna be spring training games in Florida and Arizona. It's gonna be amazing. This is a great month for baseball. You know, it'd be great as well. 
if you find us on Twitter and Instagram. But if you don't, no big deal. Thanks for listening to Last Call Baseball. Be great and get home safe.